Thank you for downloading this episode of the Shrimps Verdicts podcast. We really appreciate your ears. All opinions expressed are those of the individual contributors and not necessarily those of either Morecambe Football Club or of Beyond Radio. If you'd like to find out more details about advertising and sponsorship opportunities, very cost-effective too, of either the podcast or of our Shrimps Live full match Morecambe commentaries. We are at every single game, of course, home and away between now and the end of the season. You can drop me an email for more details details to dave.salmon at beyondradio.co.uk Every kick, every game, every goal following Morecambe FC in League One full match commentary of Morecambe FC on Beyond Radio This is Shrimps Live from Beyond Radio After Free kick taken really quickly. Morkin might be caught cold here on the near post, and that is a fine Good tip save. around from Trevor Carson. Morkin nearly caught napping from the free kick, taken quickly up and over. The Owlsman was in the side the six yard box, volley towards the top corner, and a fine turn around the post by Carson for a corner. Lovely that from Arthur, uh, from Jonah Ringatross. Tries to play it into the path of Cole Stockton. Shot comes in, it might fall on the rebound here to Arthur Nahua. Keeper out of position. Stockton puts it into the back of the net from a tight angle, but the lines flag is up over on this near side and he's going to deny us the goal kept in and then it falls nicely at the feet of Diagaraga couldn't quite get it round Marvin Johnson falls nicely for Shane McLaughlin now he can get it back to the Morecambe captain Anthony O'Connor out towards this left hand side it goes all right McLaughlin was just caught napping there for a second in Sheffield Wednesday are in here ball over towards the left hand side it's going to be a tapping oh what a great block that is six yards out definite goal all day long there as Sheffield Wednesday caught us napping at the back and Morecambe somehow going to body back behind the ball to block it away for a corner. Was that Cooney? I think it was Cooney. That's a fantastic block. He's just throwing his body at that. That was an absolute certain goal. The Owls have got to a couple of men free on the edge of the box. He's going to go infield 30 yards out to Barry Banner. He's going to try and chip it towards Marvin Johnson over on that left side. That is a fine finish. And finally, the host oh. pressure has told, or has it, because the over on the far side, and the fantastic sight, if you're a Morgan fan, of the linesman's flag over on the far side, ruling it out. Just look for options, infield it goes. Josh Windass twisted and turning, gets the shot away. Good parry by Kyle Leatheran, low down to his right-hand side. Anthony O'Connor volleys it clear. Taken quickly the corner, he was offside. Was offside. Was offside. It's in the back of the net yeah. from the header, but you can you could see straight away. And that's the third time the ball's hit the back of the net, and all three times the linesman's flag has come to the defending team's rescue. Johnson down the left-hand side, he's going to try and cut in field here, still going on the edge of the box to Bannon, and then out towards George Byers, who's going to shoot with his left foot, find the top corner, great finish from the Sheffield Wednesday midfielder. And finally, the pressure has told for Darren Moore's men here at Hillsborough. They have been knocking on the door all since the second half got underway. But it's taken a heck of a shot from George Byers. Restored to the starting lineup for the Owls this Tuesday night to finally break the deadlock as he screams his right-footed shot into the top corner of Kyle Leatherman's net to make it Sheffield Wednesday 1, Morecambe nil. Absolutely nothing you could do about that finish. That's a fantastic shot. It's almost taken the roof of the net off. So he just, Bannon just laid it off to him, didn't he? He just had, he just had the space. That one extra pass to the right, he just had the space to absolutely let rip. I've got to say, it's not how I thought the goal would come. 
It's not how I thought the opening goal would come at all, but no. yeah, you, you can't. Kyle Evans could do nothing about that at all. It's gone right into the top corner. Fantastic strike. Deadlock broken 10 minutes into the second half here at Hillsborough. Sheffield Wednesday 1, Morecambe 0. Morecambe have themselves a free kick though. It's um, quite midway inside the Sheffield Wednesday half, although by the time that uh, Adam Phillips has uh, kept this ball rolling, it might, it might well be. Decent chance to get a, a good whipped right-footed free kick in towards the edge of the penalty area here. Sheffield Wednesday playing a, a very, very high line on the edge of the box trying to catch Morecambe in an offside position. Just needs to box a little bit clever here. Definite defensive tactic as the free kick is whipped in and Jacob Bedo a great ball and, the, and Peacock Farrell again. Oh, it's a beaker. Oh, and then it's off the line from Stockton. Off the line a second time from a beaker. That was the chance that Morecambe were looking for. Great free kick from Phillips. We didn't make the most of it. Eventually it fell to a beaker. Cleared off the line. Stockton's effort also cleared away from on the goal line. So, so close to an equaliser. Bannon. Midway inside his own half, gets it back to Hutchinson on the edge of the area, and then Byers is just going to get it back to the Burnley Loney goalkeeper once more. Who has his effort charged down? It's just the wrong side of the post from the charge down from Adam Phillips, and that's twice in 60 seconds that Morecambe could have equalised. It's ball on the edge of the Morecambe box, and defending to do in stoppage time here. It's all the way out to the right-hand side. Shot comes in. Oh, it's going to go in at the back post. It was Nathaniel Mendes Lang with it. Took a deflection inside the box and then almost apologetically just dribbles over the line at the far post. Wrong footing keeper Kyle Leatheren and that is going to be the points in the back for Darren Moore's men here at Hillsborough. A real go in this second half, knocked on the door in the last 10 minutes but couldn't quite make it count and then on the breakaway Mendes Lang who's tormented Morecambe all game long really down that right hand side got a shot away, took a wicked deflection and dribbles over the line to secure the points for the Owls and make it Sheffield Wednesday 2, Morecambe nil. Can't help but feel for Jacob Badeau there but he's done what he's done all game and he's just put his body on the line to try and stop that cross or shot coming into the box and he's, he's thrown himself at it and it's just taken a really really unlucky deflection it's, Morecambe don't deserve that that's for sure but um, nothing nothing that anyone could do about that a bit like the first goal I suppose but um, yeah unfortunately it looks like that will be that we've battled so hard we've done so well to keep it at 1-0 really I mean that, that initial goal from George Byers it was a, a blockbuster from 25 yards and that was the only way that Sheffield Wednesday could score against us and we, we've it's been bodies on the line it's been last ditch defending we have played so well we play like this through now and the end of the season there's no doubt in my mind that Morecambe are going to be a League One football club next season. Reaction to the action. This is the Shrimps verdict on Beyond Radio. You know, I'm proud of the boys tonight. You come here in a stadium like this, and you know, I thought we totally dominated the whole second half. Took the game to them. We were a little bit passive in the first half. You know, they they overrun us for 15, 20 minutes. We made a change to the system second half, and the boys were superb. Pressed them, took the game to them. Fine lines in football again. You know, they score a 30 yard wonder goal. We have a goal disallowed in the first half that comes off them, so Cole can't be offside. Um, they have two disallowed, but there's some we worked on from the corner that we'd leave people offside, so it worked well. Um, and we've two cleared off the line, so 
just doesn't quite go your way. We're chasing the game and we, we lose a goal in the last minute or so. So, listen, we, we have to take the, the positives from that and take the performance into Saturday against Bolton because if we go and press them the same way as we've done Sheffield Wednesday, if we can go and press a club like that with players of that calibre away from home, we can certainly do it at home against Bolton. It just shows that when you're near the bottom, things just don't go your way, doesn't it? No, it, it hasn't done, but I think the braver you are, the, the luckier you get. And I thought we were a little bit passive, as I say, in that spell for 20 minutes in the, in the first half, towards the end of the first half where they started to dominate. Um, and we didn't pass the ball enough, but second half, I thought, you know, terrific response. Took the game to them. You know, we pressed them high up the pitch. We created chances. We, we, you know, things cleared off the line as well. So you, bar scoring, you know, you look at the quality they have to bring on. Um, and, and perhaps that's the difference in, in games at this level. You lost Trevor Carson early on uh, after a fantastic save. Yeah, it's um, again another, another blow for us. You know, Trevor's going to be out seven days now. With, um, the concussion protocols, although we think he might have broke his nose as opposed to concussion, but uh, the fourth official makes that decision with a card that goes in. So, um, yeah, it's a blow for Trevor because you know he's been terrific for us. He adds a. Um, calmness to his but you know I have to say and give credit to Kyle as well when he came on I thought he'd done very well he looked very assured and you know certainly you know, Trevor Ganoff wasn't the reason we lost the game you know they score a wonder goal from 30 yards and it's a deflection you know and things don't go our way when, when things are ricocheting around the box You changed the system at the break what are your thoughts behind that? Yeah they were, they were getting too much room in, in between midfield and defence when you've got that extra man and we can be aggressive I pushed Ryan Cooney and Ryan McLaughlin further up the pitch I thought Jonah and Cole were causing them real problems you know when we got the ball up to them and, and so it proved and, and it continued to do that in the, in the second half but just we stepped forward more and believed a little bit more Adam Phillips came back into the side tonight and uh, it's good to see him back Yeah I thought Adam was terrific tonight at times you know he, he gives us that creative spark you know he just broke his way back into the team when he got injured and you know we've got competition for places now we have you know John O'Bigger comes back he's he's looking back to full fitness again we've got Courtney on his way back still as well we've got Dylan in as well and so yeah we've got competition for places and as I say we, we need everybody to carry us over the line to try and stay in this division Looking to build on tonight and a big big game on Saturday another big game they're all big games against Bolton Yeah it is you know it's a, another local derby hopefully be a, a big big crowd we're the boys on and listen, you see the response of the fans there they're not stupid they, they see the effort that was put in they see the quality of passing as well you know we've come to a team of this calibre with this amount of money and budget the size of the football club and you know I passed them in the, in the second half and Ultimately, we just didn't have enough quality to win the game. We didn't have enough quality maybe just to finish off the chances. Um, but certainly, Saturday comes again and we take the performance into it and the recent performances then, I'm confident going into the game. Stephen, where does that rank defensively in terms of the quality of our display tonight? Yeah, I mean, as I say, the two goals that were disallowed were both well offside. We worked on the corner that we pushed up and left the man offside. So, you know, that referee's got that right. Our goal is debatable. We think it came off their player. You know, so things just didn't quite go our way. But you know, defensive Jacob Adu and Reese when he came on as well, thought were very, very good. There was good performances all over their pitch. There, there wasn't a bad performance. We took Arthur off to change the system, which obviously worked well because it put us on the front foot, allowed us to chase the game and press them higher up the pitch. And you know, I don't think it was a bad performance for it. And despite the results, that heart, the fire, the tenacity, the determination—that is what's going to keep us in League One this season. Yeah, I, I can't ask for any more from them. They, you know, they've given me absolutely everything with things cleared off the line. They're chasing lost causes. Adam Phillips at the end, chasing all the way down. But we also showed a lot of quality. You know, we're playing under pressure each week to stay in this division, and people are showing a real determination and stealing. We have to keep that going. It's a long way to go. You see the block from Ryan Cooney towards the end of the first half. I, I thought that epitomised everything that we were about tonight. I think it probably epitomised everything. 
in the last five weeks, five, six weeks, you know, in you know, our recent form. We haven't got our, our just rewards tonight. I think we deserved at least a point, you know, to come here and dominate the whole second half and, and cause real problems. That team in that calibre shows that we are making progress. We need to pick up results. We're not stupid. We need to turn those performances into results and hopefully that'll be Saturday. And just a final word, Stephen, on the transfer window. We've obviously kept Cole in the building. Were you nervous, though, on Monday that the phone was going to ring, Pat? You're always nervous. You know, a club of our size are always at the, the bottom of the pecking order. You know, people come and, come and look at your players, but we didn't have a single phone call or a single conversation about Cole, so he remains our player, and long may that continue. Is it perhaps surprising that given how many goals he scored this season and a club hasn't perhaps wanted to take a chance in him given the fair price that we might want for him? I'm certainly not going to market him, but you know, <laughs> not, nothing surprised me in football. Cole's, a, Cole's been excellent for us this season. Um, we want him to stay. We'd love, them to, we'd love to offer him a new contract to get him to stay. Um, and we'll do that in the coming weeks. Well, Toomes, a 2-0 defeat to Sheffield Wednesday tonight. A difficult one to accept? Yeah, because I thought, especially second half, we really tried to take the game to them. And, you know, they just got lucky. They just got a break. And, you know, after that, we were pushing, pushing. And we left men forward for the second goal. So I think the result flattered them a little bit, but we did ourselves like, proud today. The first goal for them, an important goal, and it was a cracker, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a nice finish for them, to be fair. But, you know, we came here with a game plan and, you know, it was working to perfection. We just disappointed we didn't get a point, at least. Going into the game, you know, I suppose you would have accepted the draw in the end. It looked like you could have got something. That goal sort of undid you, but then you almost got on back. Two efforts off the line in quick succession. Yeah, you know, second half, after they scored, especially, we were really pushing. You know, we knew that he was there for us. We could get at least a point, and, you know, it wasn't meant to be, unfortunately. And the second goal for them, about summed up the way things are going for you, massive deflection. Yeah, you know, we left a lot of men forward, and, you know, it was two minutes left, so we had to gamble just to try and get back into the game, and they got a lucky goal. And, this was always going to be a tough game, wasn't it? You got Bolton on Saturday. That's the one you really want to, uh, to get the result from. Yeah, of course. But, you know, we go to every game trying to get results, whether it's home or away. In a situation we we have to pick up results everywhere we go. And, you know, Bolton is going to be the same. We're going to try and get a point. It's finished. Sheffield Wednesday 2, Morecambe and nil. Uh, myself, Dave, so I'm joined by special guest, sports journalist, Abby Rodwell. If uh, you can just about hear us, Abby, over the... Very, very loud PA system here at Hillsborough. And why not? Because they've, they've got a, a good three points tonight. They are going to celebrate by blaring the music out. But what did you make of Morgan's performance tonight, Abby? For me, I think if we play like that until the end of the season, we are going to be a League One football club next season. No doubt in my mind about that. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. We've said before, haven't we, that you're not going to come up against too many tougher tests than Sheffield Wednesday in this league. Massive club so much strength and depth in, in their squad and do you know what for me tonight the biggest positive for Morecambe having watched a few games this season the biggest positive was defensively how they handled Sheffield Wednesday's attacking threat going forward I say Sheffield Wednesday were on it from minute one and they, they really really put Morecambe under pressure and for me the biggest positive is the way Morecambe reacted how disciplined they were bodies on the line and how determined they were to clear their lines time and time again and that's something that I've not seen from them that much. I think the new additions in defence have really made a difference. I think there's experience in the back line. There's a bit more confidence in, in one another. And 
that's going to be so important going into these, these next few games. Well, the rest of the season, but especially through February, because we know that's going to be such an important month. Lots of games coming up in February. This is the first of, of seven we are playing Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday for most of, of February. So that is going to take its toll. Stephen Robinson's really going to have to use the squad. And thank goodness that the PA system has, <laughs> uh, has finally calmed down here at, uh, at Hillsborough. But like you said, Abby, we're going to have to use all of our players in the squad, but if we play like that tonight, and that's the one thing that's been missing for large parts, certainly defensively, as you've alluded to, we've conceded cheap sloppy goals. Both of the goals that we conceded tonight, they weren't cheap sloppy goals. It was a fine finish from 25 yards and a really unlucky deflection. They caught us on the breaking stop each time when we were going for the equaliser. So no blame there whatsoever. I thought we were probably if not the best defensive performance of the season, certainly one of them. The new signings have made a heck of a difference. Jacob, but I thought Reese Bennett, when he came on, added that little bit of extra physicality as well. Disappointing to lose Trevor Carson, the goalkeeper, but Kyle Leatherman didn't do anything wrong, made some great saves in the second half as well. In fairness, couldn't do anything with either goal. Um, so great defensive display and more of that going forward should see us OK. Yeah, I, I believe so. I, I completely agree. And I think tonight, for me, for Morecambe, the defensive aspect was always going to be the most important because I think you knew coming here to Hillsborough that they weren't going to get many chances going forward. They weren't going to spend time on the ball. Sheffield Wednesday were always going to dominate. You know, we know what sort of home record they've got. We know how they like to play the football. So I think nobody would have ever expected Morecambe to create a lot of chances going forwards tonight. So for me, it was all about if they can't do that and they allow Wednesday to have possession, can they keep things tight at the back? And yeah, OK, Wednesday could have had four, five, six goals, but they didn't. I think that's that's the biggest positive to take away from this is that Morecambe stood up to the test defensively and they really, really kept a very good team at bay tonight. Going forward against Accrington on Saturday, the forward three, Arthur Nuhua, Cole Stocks and Jonah Ringo were absolutely terrific. Didn't get much change out of a really well-drilled Sheffield Wednesday back line tonight. Not for want of trying, we put in the, the usual strong shift that we always put in but they they marshaled Cole Stockton really really well didn't really get much sight of goal but in the last 10 minutes we did have those opportunities didn't we the Sheffield Wednesday keeper not looking great from high crosses up, up and over he, he spilt the ball a couple of times and that double one off the line we perhaps yeah. are now going to live to regret that we should have scored it probably yeah probably should have could have could have should have could have yeah, yeah. I never like to say should have, but uh, it just didn't quite fall for them. But yeah, I'd like to see a bit more of that from Morecambe, to be fair, because we saw when they got the balls into the box, that's where they were most most threatening. And as we said, we saw Peacock, Farrell fumble a few. He looked a little bit vulnerable. I'd just like to... And the couple of corners over on the far side as well just, just didn't quite beat that first man on the yeah. corner. I think if you can just work on that, they're the sorts of chances that maybe you don't get in games like this against the, the bigger and better sides but they're the chances that you need to make the most of when you do get them so I think with a little bit of work on, on the set pieces and getting those, those balls into the dangerous areas as you said when you've got Stockton you know Fox in the box in those sorts of areas if they can do that coupled with the defensive performance we've seen tonight which they're going to need to put in again when they face Bolton because I'm not sure how their games finished tonight but obviously you know they put six past Sunderland last week and they're in prolific goal-scoring form at the moment, so they're going to need another defensive performance at the weekend, as they've had tonight. Yeah. But I think if you, you add 
improve improving the final third especially with set pieces coupled with the defensive performance of tonight and I, I genuinely think they'll be okay so overall then Abby that, 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 that's answered my next question <laughs> from what you've seen tonight and from what you, we know about League One we spoke before the game didn't we about that mini league that eight nine club mini league we need to finish mid-table in that mini league to survive as a League One club next season. Do you think we've got enough to do that? Certainly for me, based on tonight's performance, it's a massive yes. Yes, I, I believe so. I don't think tonight's result changes anything in terms of what Morecambe, the chance that Morecambe has of staying up. I say tonight was always going to be one of the toughest games of the season, without a doubt. Um, take tonight's result out of it. When you look at the form table, Morecambe are in the top half and... Um, yeah, I think Morecambe's biggest strength is their character and their fight and their desire and their determination, as we've mentioned time and time again. And when you look at the teams around and you look at the games you've got to play, you look at your Gillinghams, your Wimbledons, your Fleetwoods, who, oh, you played Shrew Fleetwoods. Shrewsbury twice, coming yeah, down the track look, in a couple of weeks. You look at the teams in that sort of bottom eight and who, who Morecambe have still got left to play. And yeah, I think that will set them apart from the rest. And defensively, the improvements are going to be the difference. It's bunching up though, isn't it? Looking at the uh, results uh, tonight. Uh, Doncaster, a heavy defeat against Rotherham. Uh, Gillingham beating Crewe. Bolton beating Cambridge. So it's all bunching up. It's going to be a really exciting last 17 games of the season for sure. It is, but just looking at the table, you know, a win on Saturday, again, just like a win tonight, a win on Saturday could lift Morecambe as high as 18th. And, you know, you do that two two three consecutive games and all of a sudden you have a little bit of distance you're a little bit clear and the pressure's on the other team but I say I, I don't think tonight's result against a, a side who really should be challenging for, for top two I don't think tonight's result changes anything for, for the rest of the season no. and, and if I was Stephen Robinson despite the 2-0 defeat I'd actually be coming out being pretty proud of how my players played and, and stood up to the test tonight we're definitely proud Abby very very proud of how uh, how, how well we've uh, played tonight despite the result it's a consistency though we are winning one drawing one losing one winning one drawing one losing one if you look at the form table that's how it's gone for a large part of the season actually and that means you average four points in three games I suppose that would, would just about keep you up actually if you did that all season yeah. but yeah we said before the game and we spoke in the press room didn't we about how many wins do we think we need to to keep up I I've heard a whisper that inside the Mazuma it's a target of eight wins now that's eight wins from 17 games that to me is a slightly tall order perhaps given everything that's gone on so far I think six wins still think six wins two or three draws will get us in and around that 50 point mark and that would should be enough to keep us in I was going to say if, if you can't stay in league one at the 50 point mark I think yeah I would expect that to be enough um but this is League One we're talking about <laughs> and you know you see obviously I'll say this because I'm a Doncaster fan but you'll see Doncaster beat MK Dons who were challenging for you know top three or four last week and then lose out to Plymouth get hammered by Rotherham tonight you know it, it, it's the consistency that's the problem and but that's what's so difficult about this league I think so unpredictable isn't it it's so difficult if you're a team in that sort of bottom six it's so difficult to find the consistency because the consistent teams are at the top. That's why they're at the That's top. That's why they're at the top. Yeah, yeah. because yeah. they're consistent. But, you know, when you face Sheffield Wednesday and then you face Doncaster at the bottom and then you go and face Sunderland and then you face Wigan, it's finding that consistency that's that's the real challenge. But, like I said, I've... I've I would take a lot of positives from tonight if I was if I was Morecambe, if I were any of those Morecambe players. And if I was Stephen Robinson, I'd be, I'd be happy with my team going into the weekend as well. But we'd need a similar performance yeah. at the weekend, I think. 
So finally, Abby, uh, thanks so much for coming on uh, tonight, by the way, as well. But finally, for people who haven't seen the action tonight, they've just been listening to our commentary on Beyond Radio, what hope can you give Morecambe fans uh, that we're going to give Bolton Wanderers one heck of a game at the, at the Mazuma on Saturday? I think hope is the, the right word, actually. I think there is a lot of hope. Defensive discipline is going to be the most important aspect yeah, of that game, 100%. I think. But I do think there'll be more chances going forward for Morecambe against Bolton. Um, but yeah, defensively, um, I think anyone that's watched tonight's game will, will feel more confident going into the, this second half of the season with, with Morecambe's defensive display. Sports journalist Abby Rodwell, thank you. We can follow you on Twitter, can't we? At Rodders232. Yes. Uh, just, ser- right. just search Abby Rodwell on social media. Just, just <laughs> give her a bit of a Google. You'll, you'll find all of her work there. She works <laughs> uh, for our esteemed colleagues at BBC Sport nowadays, but she's a former um, EFL uh, media member, worked uh, for Doncaster Rovers in their media team as well in years gone by. And you're going to be hearing much more about Abby, I'm sure, as the, uh, as the years go by, as you, as, as you conquer the world, no doubt. So, Abby, thanks for coming on Trimps Live, and uh, we appreciate it. We'll speak to you next time. Thank you for having me. Hope to come back soon. Now, a massive game back at the Mazuma Stadium at this coming Saturday. It could be a sellout crowd as well. It's going to be a fantastic atmosphere. Bolton Wanderers, the visitors on Saturday. Really looking forward to that. Full match commentary, of course, as ever on Beyond Radio on FM and DAB Plus. And also, of course, via I Follow Shrimps will be live from 2.45. Do not be late if you're not heading down to the Mazuma this coming Saturday. Ahead of the game, I've been talking to Mark Isles. He's the chief football writer at the Bolton News. He's followed Wanderers for many, many years through good times and bad. And the ideal person then to get the full lowdown on Ian Everett's men ahead of their trip to the Mazuma this coming Saturday. So, Mark, before we get down to uh, the game on Boxing Day itself, um, introduce yourself to uh, to the Morecambe fans, if you may. You've been uh, following uh, Wanderers for, for many, many years. You've been through the Premier League era. Mm. You've been through the crashing lows of crashing through to League Two and all the shenanigans off the field as well. So uh, tell us all about that. Well, yeah, as you say, I, uh, I've, uh, I've, I've sipped sipped uh, wine in the press room at Marseille and I've uh, had a, a sausage roll at Stevenage. Um, I've done all four divisions. I've done uh, UEFA Cup runs. Um, I, you know, seeing the bad times and the good, obviously uh, the most recent years at Bolton have been tough. Um, went right to the edge of a financial cliff, which was which was fantastic. Found myself, you know, at odds with a with a football club owner at the time. Um, but uh, I think we won that battle. And uh, now, hopefully, fingers crossed, Bolton heading back in the right direction and I might get to do it all again. So is everything good now? Is everything back to normal behind the scenes as, as well as it can be? And, and how close did the, the football club come to actually going out of business? Yeah, you're talking 24 hours probably. If if something hadn't been arranged to sell the club at that stage, they would have gone out of business. There was no more money left in the pot. Administrators had basically just had enough. Um, so I think, yeah, it was very real. And unfortunately, Berry down the road uh, went over the cliff just as Bolton put the brakes on at the right time. And, and you know, obviously they... Uh, um, haven't managed to get things back on the right course yet, um, much to uh, football chagrin. But yeah, I mean, now Bolton are a bit of a different prospect. They're, they're no longer, um, you know, living beyond their means, potentially, as as they did for a long time. They were bankrolled by a, a fan and, and a local businessman in, in, in Eddie Davis in the Premier League years. And no question, without his money, they wouldn't have been there. Um, but it was obviously 
post Premier League that the problems steamrolled and 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 then we, you know we've got a bad owner and, and and that can happen to any club I suppose. Um, but we've got good owners now, um, good people at the wheel. Um, it's it's a better club. There are problems. There are issues with being down at this level of football and, and, you know, getting yourself over that lip into the championship again is not going to be easy for Bolton with the current finances. Um, but, you know, it's a better place. It, is, it feels more like a football club now and, uh, you know, l- less of a car crash. As, as always with Bolton, it's never, ever dull. Um, you, it's, there's never any mid-table obscurity at Bolton, much as a lot of fans would probably appreciate that this season. Um, but I think probably they're getting to January. There is signs now that, that they're going to be signed. They're getting players back, but also they're, they're looking to sign players as well. So, you know, I don't anticipate any major problems, but that's famous last words. As I say, you know, with Bolton, you never can tell. Now, Ian Everett, of course, Mark has... Uh, well, let's say a certain reputation in the in the football world for being a, a certain persona you deal with in week in week out. What is the real Ian Ever in your from your point of view? Yeah, it's it's funny. I think opposition fans and 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 journalists and and onlookers possibly take a different view of him than we do here. I mean, there's no question he's got a bit of the uh, let's say Brian Clough about him though, where he doesn't mind being front and centre in a press conference and saying something that he knows is going to get a headline. But a lot of that is deflection. A lot of that is aimed towards, you know, different... Mourinho does it. uh, Ferguson did it for years. They know when to step forward and do that sort of thing. I think there's a bit of that about him. He's a very naive young manager. I think that's another thing that people forget. He's very new to this business. Um, I enjoy working with him. He's He's a good fella. Like I say, you want to see him do well. Has he made mistakes? Yes, no question. Have certain things he said come to bite him in the backside? Yes, of course they have. But, you know, you go back over, you go back over any quotable manager, you know, and including his mentor, Ian Holloway, by the way, if you look at, if you look at the, the, the two and the way they, they do, do press and the way they conduct themselves in the media, it's very similar. Um, you can you can throw anything at any manager for the things they say in the press. I think uh, you've just got to all accept it's a bit of a game and he's doing it for a, for a reason and, and possibly to motivate his players. Um, and, and I think that's, that's been more of it. Certainly the, the infamous, you know, with the best team in league one line that came out this year, I think that was very much designed because he plays a particular style of football that completely depends on confidence almost entirely on confidence. And when it, when they're not confident in these players, it, it falls apart. And that's where they're at at the minute. That's when he said that they were confident. So it's a, it's a strange game. <laughs> I think like you say there, Mike, nothing wrong with having a bit of swagger and a bit of deflection from, from, from that kind of thing. It's all part of the, 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 the showbiz fun and games that, that is, is football management, isn't it? There's no doubt about that, but you have to walk the walk as well as talking the talk. From your point of view, is he never the man then to get you back into the championship, whether it's this season or in the future? Well, I mean, we talk about walking the walk. He's got promotions in his last two seasons. He did at Barrow, he did at Bolton last season. You know, football doesn't have a particularly long memory for those sort of things. So if he doesn't succeed this season at Bolton, then yes, probably there's accusations and things you can fling in his direction. But I think at the moment, we're not going to know until the end of the season, how how all this has impacted upon things. So I think at the moment, I'm kind of taking a watching brief. I think it's going to be very difficult for Bolton to get into the championship this season, regardless, because I don't think they have the finances to push past that, that top three lip, if you will, to, to make it automatic. 
and, and playoffs is a bit of a lottery anyway. I, at the start of the season, thought that Bolton would be an upper mid-table team, maybe an outside shot of the playoffs. I maybe checked that a couple of places, maybe mid-table now for me, realistically. Um, but there is nothing wrong with being ambitious, as Ian Everett and a lot of his players are. Um, you know, a lot smaller clubs than Bolton and a lot smaller budgets have, have gone up in the playoffs. So it could happen. And talking about teams with small budgets getting promoted, it happened <laughs> to Morecambe last season. How much of a Absolutely. surprise was that to you, Mark, that uh, the Shrimps actually find themselves in League One now? Yeah, I mean, certainly at the time, you looked around at the start of the season and probably if you dig out my predictions at the start of that season, I don't think Morecambe would have been anywhere near the, uh, probably not even top half, to be truthful, uh, when you look at budgets and, and what I really knew. It was a very, uh, it was a fresh division to me, to be truthful, obviously dropping down for the first, it's only the second season Bolton had ever been at that level. Um, but certainly on the occasions that Bolton came across Morecambe and what I saw of them during the season, you could see why they'd got promotion very well organised, very well drilled you know, played to strengths um, and and there were moments of genuine quality there as well that, that you need in those sort of tighter games. And, um, you know, I was I was really pleased. Same, my, my hometown club, Cheltenham, are in the same sort of boat. They did what they did very well and, uh, and went on and won it. So I was I was really pleased for Morecambe um, and, and indeed Cambridge. And I'm really pleased that, you know, to, to a large degree, they're still punching above the weight this season. There's, there's absolutely nothing wrong there. Lots of Morecambe fans will have seen Bolton probably both home and away when they played the Shrimps last season. How do we play? How do you set up formations, players to watch? Tell us everything we need to know. Yeah, I mean, Bolton don't play uh, especially differently. There's there's slight change in midfield than they did last season. Very much possession-based. Um, they shifted between a three and a four at the back, but generally speaking, it's it's at the moment, it's three, four, three. Um, you know, I, don't, I think there's, uh, I think NK Don's the only uh, team in, in League One at the moment that, that keep the ball better than Bolton. Um, Bolton create a lot of chances, a lot of chances. I think their XG's through the roof. I think, again, I think it's Rotherham that's the only team that, that are better in that respect. From our point of view, then, who who uh, who are Morecambe's danger men in your eyes? I suppose you're going to say Cole Stockton, obviously. Yeah, I mean, we've talked quite a bit about Cole Stockton at this end because I think that last summer, um, Bolton were certainly interested in him. I think he was on the, a long list or a short list, whatever you want to say. Um, and I think a lot of Bolton fans look at him now and say that's exactly what we were missing. Now, I know Bolton did sign Bakioko from Coventry, um, but you can't argue with what Stockton's done this season. He's gone on and scored lots of goals. And I think a few Bolton fans will feel that, that they should have gone stronger and maybe tested uh, tested his, his resolve a little bit. But um, but obviously you go you go back to the the old boys and, and obviously Arthur um, Ganua, who's uh, I think he's he's more of the cult figure more than the you know fans favourite or anything at more uh, at Bolton rather. I think he played a part at uh, a Bolton. Um, we know what we're going to get from him um, and he can be good, really, you know, he can be a match, match winner on his yeah, day. Yeah. There's a few in there that we know um, and it's not changed all that much, has it, from, from last season in terms of the, the approach um, and, and, and what Bond could expect. Um, I, I think in terms of the difference in style between Derek Adams and uh, Stephen Robinson, we are, we are I certainly playing more football under Stephen Robinson. That that's for sure. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Adam's ball, if you want to call it, that was, as you know, 
you can have 75% possession in areas that won't affect us. It doesn't really matter. We'll nick it and we'll create good chances. Not many chances, but we'll create enough to score the goals to win the game. I think uh, Robbo has got a, a bit more dynamism to his approach. We've been 4-3-3 all season, generally. Um, but we would certainly let you have the ball in areas where we consider you not to be hurting us. So I think quite similar in that respect. Arthur started the season brilliantly for us. He was a first choice in the 11, played every game. And he was one of these players that got better and better. You could see his improvement week on week on week. I would put Arthur in the box of more to come, still more to come, promising start for us in a in a Morecambe shirt. The, the good thing for Arthur is that he'd be able to walk there um, <laughs> because as I don't know if you ever saw the interview that, uh, yeah. that Bolton gave. Um, yes, it was close to his house. I, I don't think I've seen the uh, for sale sign up there yet. So I, I assume he's just going to be able to trot over the road. He's very, very quiet, is Arthur. He, we, I think we've only spoke to him twice this season and uh, he's, he's a man of very few words. But, yeah, uh, he's, 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 he's certainly he's, he's doing his best on the field. I think I think the whole squad are, to be honest. Um we have found it in terms of League One, and you will know more about this division than we do, Mark. We have found the main difference between League One and League Two, not necessarily the, the overall quality of, I think, the best players in League One and the best players in League Two are broadly similar, but it's the relentless pace of the game and it's non-stop and you seem to be punished for every single half a second switch off. And that's where we've conceded most of our goals this season. Yeah, no, I agree. I think the, the the switch off. I mean, obviously, there's better strikers up here, full stop. But there are also teams that are tuned in that way. I don't think there are too many teams. Well, like Bolton last season, there weren't many teams playing that sort of football that that can build that sort of incessant sort of pressure to hassle mistakes up here. There's half a dozen, you know, ten teams that can play that that yeah. possession football that that kind of choke the life out of you and, and mean that you've got to have concentration for ninety minutes. Now it's been done to Bolton as well, and if there's a, an accusation, of, you know, towards Bolton is that they can get bullied out of games, and that more direct teams with you know stronger players like Accrington on Saturday. Um, you know, they they can get hassled out of that game plan. So I think if I were an opposition manager playing against Bolton, I'd be loading my uh, my front three with, with sort of physicality and making sure that they have to switch on for 90 minutes. Well, we have got, a, if, if he plays them all, we would have a dynamic front three. Cole Stockton, obviously, don't let him turn your defender and get a shot away because everything's mm-hmm. going in this season. We've got Jonah Ayunga from uh, Bristol Rovers and then uh, John Abika. Uh, mm. You might know him from Oxford, St Mirren. Yeah. He's, he's very yeah. experienced player. He's, he's, he's another big, strong, physical presence. So uh, it sounds like it's going to be a decent enough matchup, Mark. There's two areas where you might hurt us, though, Mark. One is uh, set plays. How uh, how good are you at attacking set pieces, firstly? Right. Well, I'm, I will say that uh, only crew have scored uh, as few goals from set play- plays as uh, as Bolton Wanderers. Two oh, goals great. all season. Oh, they had the lowest XG on set plays of oh, any team in the bottom two divisions. And we've also yeah. conceded a lot of goals in the last 10 or 15 minutes of games. How good are you at scoring in the last part of the game? Well, that would be a strength for Bolton. I think if, if nothing else, they are able to keep going to the end. That possession football can choke the life out of teams at times. And it is that kind of last 20 minutes where the concentration starts wavering that that they've managed to profit quite a bit over the last two seasons. But this season, I think the stats are quite good in the last 15 minutes. So I know where my money's going now. Finally, um, do you see us staying up this season based on what you know? 
I've seen some particularly poor teams this season. I mean, Doncaster were, were dreadful mm. um, for, for definite. Um, I think they're going down. Um, and and I, there's sort of, it's, it's any kind of, any three from about six or seven at the bottom yeah. there, other, other than that, isn't it? And and Bolton may well find themselves slipping down that. I don't think they will. I think they'll they'll manage to just stay ahead of that. Um, but I mean, other than Doncaster and maybe Crew being sitting ducks, um, both both in my opinion, quite poor teams. There's there's a couple of uh, places it'll be it'll be quite exciting. Mm. Um, but no, I, I see no reason. I see no reason why not because Morecambe have got that kind of thing about them where people just expect because they see the team, they see the the club, the size of the club, maybe even the team sheet, and think, ah, you know, this this should be three points. And you know, that's where so many teams trip up uh, in this division. This. Um, I hate the cliche, anybody can beat anybody, but it's it's really about egos more than anything else. If you can get rid of your ego in this division, you've got half a chance going up. Thanks so much for coming on and giving us a no fantastic insight into Bolton Wanderers. Finally, the sales pitch. Uh, tell us everything we need to know about the Bolton News and the Bolton Wanderers content, and of course, the Buff Podcast too. Well, I'll start with the Buff Podcast because that's really my baby. Yes, uh, out every Friday, Buff Podcast available on Apple, Spotify and on the Bolts News website and SoundCloud. Um, wherever you get your good podcasts, basically. Uh, Bolton News, I'm there, have been for about 20 years, so uh, that's not going to change. I'm at Mark Isles on uh, Twitter. You can find us on Instagram, you can find us on Facebook. Um, and then if you're in Bolton, uh, pay uh, pay 65p for a copy. A nice printed version, good old-fashioned type. That's what Support I want to local journalism. That is that. that I, I think Absolutely. that is. I think people and nowadays with the with everything for free online and on social media, it, it, people forget, don't they, Mark? That uh, actually these things do cost money and uh, people do have bills to pay. So it's always. I, I don't get out of bed for less than five grand. <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure there's that much shot on my checkbook, Mark. But I'll see what I can do. Mark, thank you so much for coming on. No really worries at all. Cheers, time. Mate. Best of luck to put Markham as well. Cheers, pal. We are really, really looking forward to the game on Saturday. Mark Isles, thank you very much indeed. Mark, the Chief Football Writer at the Bolton News. Fantastic insight into all things Wanderers ahead of the game this coming weekend. If you are not going, the only place to catch all the action... Full match commentary here on Beyond Radio. Shrimps Live back on Saturday on FM. That's 103.5 and 107.5 across North Lancashire and throughout Lancashire and South Cumbria on DAV Plus Digital Radio. And you can listen and watch via iFollow Shrimps as well. We'll be live, myself and Matt Smith from the Shrimps Media team from 2.45. Do not be late. Really looking forward to this. I think it could be one of the games of the season. And thank you very much for listening and downloading this episode of the shrimps verdict podcast too thanks so much for your ears we always appreciate your company and we'll speak to you next time every kick every game every goal following morecambe fc in league one full match commentary of morecambe fc on beyond radio this is shrimps live from beyond radio